Welcome to the Villa Forever podcast. I am your host, Chad Williams. This evening, I am joined by my guest, Dan Bardell, who is the host of the Villa View, and Frankie Maguire, who is the host of the All Villa No Filler podcast. I'll be doing the end of season review. How are you guys? Good evening. Good evening, Chad. Good to see you again. I'm good. Still, uh, still really happy. Obviously, after after, after the weekend, Villa qualifying yeah. for Europe, which we'll we'll get into. But it's good good to see you and, and good to see Frankie as well because Frankie's doing some, some some good stuff. His podcast seems to be going well. So yeah, be nice to nice to chat to you both. Hmm. Yeah, so uh, great, Frankie. great to be your chat as well, and uh, great to see you again as well, Dan. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you on the show, Frankie. Thank you, and also thank you for. Uh, Spreading the word about my podcast as well. Anytime. All right, then we'll get we'll get into the um, exciting villa chat. <laughs> so I'll start with you first, Dan. How are you feeling after Sunday's win? After securing Conference League football, we are back in Europe after thirteen years. Let's get the passports out. Get in. Yeah, I checked mine the other day just in case because I was a little bit worried that it was uh, was not in date because I haven't been I haven't been abroad for a few years. So I did have a little bit of a, a <laughs> check of my passport the, the other day. Yeah, obviously delighted that we that we've got back into Europe. I think that's t- thirteen years is is too long for a club of Villa size to have have not been in Europe. But it shows you that we've had some some difficult few years. The last decade hasn't been great yeah. as, as a Villa fan, but. One man's come in, Unai Emery, and just completely re- revitalised the club, transformed the club, and to have got us into Europe already. I did believe that he would be the manager to get us back into Europe, but I certainly didn't think it would be th- this season. I remember being on Sky Sports News in January and saying that Villa aren't going to go down, they're not going to get into Europe, so it's just about him having a look at what he's got and taking stock, but he's done Far more than that, he's improved every single player that's mm-hmm. there, and to have done that without bringing his own players in is is so so impressive. So, take my hat off to him because he's. I think he's going to go down as the best manager I've ever seen Villa have, and to be honest, he's probably already making a case for it. We need to get a statue for him. It's not actually, it won't be too far away. I think a new contract might might be coming. I don't think a statue just like just yet, but I think a, a new contract <laughs> might be on the cards already. He's done a done a tremendous job. <laughs> Well, it was a fantastic achievement. I think we are back where we belong now. Mm. I absolutely love my football club. And despite going through the tough times, it makes the good times worth waiting for. I was very emotional after the final whistle, I was. I had tears in my eye. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot of people crying around me, you know. I don't know whether I'm just... I've got quite cold in, in my in my old age, but I felt like I was yeah. really, 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 really happy. I still don't think it's actually hit me. I don't think it'll yeah. hit me until I'm at a game and you hear that Europa Conference uh, theme tune and you're at Villa Park and you realise you're at a European night mm. again. But 
Frankie's a similar age to, to me. I think or I think you are anyway, anyway Franco. <laughs> yeah. oh, you are now. I've said now I've said that. But you'd have you'd have grown up the same as me with with Villa in Europe. And for Chad, it's probably like it's not happened too many times in your yeah. life because you're younger than us. But this is what I this is what Villa yeah. did when I, when I was younger. So it's it's just brilliant, and I'm, I just can't wait for, for that first game at Villa Park, the, the European nights again. Well, it was a sense of relief. When I whistled and blew, I thought, oh, wow, what amazing. How amazing. Hmm. Oh, completely. It was uh, just it, when the final whistle went as well, it was like John McGinn kind of in the corner. It was like such a perfect way to end the season, really, like quite poetic that John McGinn of all players was there when the crowd just roared and went crazy. It was just um, just a moment of real elation that I think Aston Villa fans, we haven't really been able to enjoy for a very long time. Uh, it's been a lot of tough times since really Martin O'Neill walked out the door, you know, 13 years ago now, I guess it was. And um, to uh, be back in Europe, as, as Dan said, you know, I, I believe Unai Emery was the man to get us back there. But to do it as quickly as he has, you know, considering when he came in and off the back of a 3-0 loss to Fulham, a 4-0 loss to Newcastle, to be as good as we are, uh, it's just, it's it's... I, I, as, I, as I've been saying, I want to get a tattoo of Unai yeah. Emery on my face. I, uh, if, if I was an architect, <laughs> the people commissioning me would be wondering why every building I want to build looks like Unai Emery. Um, <laughs> I just I have so much admiration for him and what he's done so far at Aston Villa. He, oh, he's, he's absolutely incredible. So, hmm. Frankie, how would you sum up Aston Villa season as a whole? Well, uh, well it went from... <laughs> It went from the absolute lowest of lows, didn't it? Um, from the bottom of a chasm uh, right to the very top of Mount Everest. Um, it was, uh, you know, I think we went into the season with quite a bit of optimism. It had been a good pre-season. Yeah. You know, Stephen Gerrard had had a lot of time to get this team going. Uh, he brought in a couple of, you know, positive signings, in, particularly in Bubakar Kamara and Diego Carlos. Yeah. And so I think, it all started falling apart within minutes. You know, the first game of the season, Bournemouth away, we conceded an absurd goal from a set piece. Yeah. And it that whole game, Villa were pathetic, no tactical mm. no, nous at all. There was no... It didn't look like there was any, um, mm -hmm. I don't know, like cohesion in how Villa were trying to attack mm. Bournemouth, who themselves were in a bit of a crisis moment with Scott Parker and things hadn't gone well for them. So it was a moment of real shock for me and a moment of thinking, yeah. oh, wow, we're, this might not be a good season. And then two games later, I went to Crystal Palace away. And again, it was the same thing, a lack of cohesion, defenders passing it back and forth with nowhere to go to get forward. And that was when I thought, oh, this ain't going to go as well as I hoped. Um, and then obviously, you know, the Gerard era it ran on and it, it didn't work yeah. and he had to go when he went. And then for Unai Emery to come in, to come in and then immediately get that 3-1 win against Manchester United. And, you know, as I said, you know, me and Dan both the same age. We both remember very vividly beating Manchester United in 1995. I didn't think we'd have to wait until the year 2022 to see that happen again at Villa Park. But yeah. we, we did. And, you know, I was in the Trinity Road in 95 and I was in the Trinity Road again for that 3-1 win. And from that moment on, it felt like there was, a, mm -hmm. there was a, you know, a buzz. And we had a manager who really had a, 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 yeah. an understanding of how to approach the game. And uh, it just feels like ever since then, every single game Villa have played, there's been a plan. 
Mm-hmm. It feels like Unai Emery's gone into this with, you know, a high footballing IQ, footballing IQ but clearly yeah. a high EQ as well, like the emotional side of it, where he's been able to inspire these players, make them, you know, believe in what he's doing. And every single player I can think of has gone up a level. And so for Unai Emery to have done this, for the players to have done this, to have got the fans believing so much um, and to, f- to actually get into Europe itself, for me, it ends up being a 10 out of 10 season. It's been a really special experience. Yeah. But you know, Emery, he's always breaking a, a lot of records as well. Hmm. Not since yeah. he's took charge. Yeah, I do the Stato show every Friday with AVFC Stato from Twitter, and every week we talk about a record that, that Uno <laughs> Emery's, Emery's broke. Records that have been held for like mm-hmm. when I started supporting Villa. Most of them are by John Gregory and Brian Little, but Uno Emery every week seems to break some kind of record. The, the one where we scored for, was it 20, 22, 23 games in yeah. a row? I, I find that just fascinating because at the start of the season, I was we didn't know we were ever going to score. We couldn't hit a barn door. In, in some games, you couldn't see where the goals were going to come from. But the, the same players, you know, went on that massive scoring run. And there's, there's goals throughout the team now and they'll add more goals in the summer as well. So it's it's exciting. Well, it's been an uh, absolute roller coaster. It, it's been a season to remember. If you told me uh, when you know Henry first took over, we would finish the season in Europe, I wouldn't have believed you at all. But no. that's what most supporters think that now. There was some that some that said my, my barber, my barber had a bet when Uno Emery took over, saying if Villa didn't get into Europe or England didn't win the England didn't win the the uh, the World Cup, he'd get. You get a Birmingham City tattoo. The brave, <laughs> a brave bet. I was, I said to him, "Yeah, absolutely crazy." Like, what are you, what are you thinking? But he's come through, and he's, he's won the bet, and he, he doesn't have to get the Birmingham City tattoo. So fair play to him because he, he did see it come in. He made that bet as the, literally the day Unai Emery got got appointed. He had that much confidence. Wow, I couldn't think of anything worse. No, it wouldn't have wouldn't have been ideal. So at these barbers as well, there's a, literally a tattoo studio in the same building. So he would, he'd have had to have had it done. He'd have had to have done. Yeah, and they said there were people crying around you, and I bet he was one of them out of relief. Yeah, I bet he's, I bet he, I bet he's relieved. Well done. I mean, you can have the next question next. Okay. Uh, did you think uh, Douglas Louise deserved player of the season? Yeah, yeah, I do. I think it was probably. I'd have said there was four contenders, and then it probably got weaned down to to two in Douglas Louise and and Tyro Mings. I would have said they were the two favourites going into the uh, the awards. But Douglas Louise has been really really consistent. I think he's upped his game as well. His his goal contributions this season are, are much higher than they have been in previous seasons. And the the way that Emery plays football and the system that Villa have, especially when Kamara's playing, and to be fa- in fairness, actually when McGinn's been next to him as well, it just gives him a little bit more license to do the things that, that he's he's really good at. And it was quite fitting as well that, that he scored a goal on the, on the last day of the season to set us on our way as well, because he's been really, really productive this season. He's a he's a lovely footballer, I think, for much of his time at Villa. He probably hasn't, totally been, playing the, he hasn't been playing the be- the position that probably gets the, the best out of him as the as the single pivot protecting the back four. I don't think that lets Douglas Louise do everything that, that he's good at. But he's this season, I think he's been absolutely brilliant. I thought he was really good under Gerard as well, but Gerard just didn't really want to seem to want to pick him. He kept wheeling out the same midfield three week in, week out. And I think Villa's midfield was perhaps an area of concern at the end of last season and at the start of this season. I think it probably ended the season as our, our strongest area 
in, in our team. So I think Douglas Louise deserved it fully, but I think Mings was was pretty close because again, I think he was good for the entirety yeah. of, the, of, of the campaign. I think I read earlier he got the most interceptions in the Premier League this season, and he fully deserves to be back in the England squad as well because he's been exceptional. Well, he's a top quality uh, football player. Hmm. He has hmm. definitely shown his true potential under Unai Emery. Also, I watched the podcast when Greg Evans did review Dan. Yep. And he said in the 1874 show, Louise had a good chance getting into the Brazil squad. Totally agree with that. Yeah, he should do, shouldn't he? He's, he's been in there before, albeit quite, quite briefly, but he's playing the best football of his life at the, at the moment. He's playing regular, or he's a massive part of a team that's, that's just finishing the top seven and that's going to be playing in Europe. I know there's a few Brazilian players that, that play in the Premier League, so I just... I think now you're going to start to see a couple of players maybe in the Brazil team start to get phased out a little bit because they're, they're into their 30s and they're getting on a bit. He's probably, along with Gamares, more of the future of, of what you'll see line up for Brazil. I think it's good that we've got him tied up to a, to a big contract as well. I was surprised he signed that contract under Gerard because he wasn't playing. But, you know, we've got him. I think he loves the club as well. I think he genuinely enjoys being at Villa, yeah. one of our longer-serving players now. So I think Greg's right. I think Brazil will come calling for him soon, I would think. Well, Frankie, I'll ask you the next question. Mm-hmm. Did you expect Unai Emery to turn it around so quickly, considering the circumstances we were in when he, when he took charge? Um, no, not, not as fast as he did, for sure. Um, I, I, I certainly thought there'd be a, at least a new manager bounce, um, just because of where we were... You know, it could, the only way really was up, you'd, you'd hope. Um, and I think before the season, I kind of, I did believe that Villa's squad was strong enough to finish in the top half. So I think my my aim with Emery when he came in was, um, you know, I, looking at the table, teams like Brentford and Fulham and uh, Tottenham, they looked miles away. You know, I, I, I just thought it was going to be a lot to overhaul that. So I didn't expect for Villa's players to adapt to his style as rapidly as they did. I didn't expect our back line to be able to be so comfortable playing it around at the back as quickly as they did. I mean, right from the Manchester United game, his first game, I remember um, Emi Martinez holding onto the ball and just waiting for the United um, attackers to come to him so he could then just pass it off to uh, Mings or Conser. And that's straight away, Uno Emery's imprint was there. Um, but for them to have adapted to it as quickly as they have. Um, you've seen that in every player. Watkins to have scored as many goals as he has. Douglas Louise too, has become that sort of midfield um, playmaking linchpin, I guess. Uh, John McGinn to have got, you know, refound himself. Mings to become a player who just looks like an absolute yeah. talisman. An absolutely incredible football player. And that high line as well, you know, it's, a diff- it's difficult to pull that off. And you've got to give massive credit to the whole back lines to have done it. Um, but also, to I'd say Mings as that kind of leader character at the back to have really probably led the way in that working. Mm-hmm. Um, for all of them to have adapted to a totally new style, one that's quite ambitious, quite difficult to pull off. Um, I, you know, I've always rated all these players. I think they were a lot better than they were showing. But for them to have cha- to have come around as quickly as they have, and for Unai Emery to have got Villa uh, to have improved Villa as quickly as it has, I, ju- I just. Um, you know, I thought he would improve us, but I didn't anticipate he'd improve us this rapidly and to this yeah. to such an electric degree. It's been uh, it's been an amazing experience, to be honest. Well, I love his philosophy on football, you know, Emery. 
amazing just just to see what he does on the the training ground. Oh, absolutely. Well, Dan, I'll go on to you for the next question now. Are you impressed with uh, what Unai Emery has done with the same group of players, getting the best out of them? Yeah, I think that's been the biggest thing, really. I think if you rewind to the year before in January when Steven Gerrard was the manager, he was speaking about needing his own players. If the players don't do the stuff he wants, I'll get some players in that are better, basically, and just quite mm. short term in, in his thinking. You look at a couple of his signings, who, to be fair, will probably go on and be good yeah. under Emery. You know, Coutinho and, and Luca Dean appro- approaching thirty or, or or in their thirty. You know, it was all quite short term that January with with what Steven Gerrard was thinking. It was like, I need this now. Give it me, and he and and, and he got it. And to be honest, when he got his own players in, that was when we started to go a little bit downhill and, and, and Unai Emery is the complete opposite in January. He identifies an area that he thinks needs improving in the, in the left back area. And we bring in Alex Moreno. And at the time I probably wouldn't have said that was a, that was a huge priority left back. I'd have said there was maybe other areas of the squad that needed improving first, but he brought in Alex Moreno is actually a really clever signing because he actually transformed yeah. the way in which Villa were able to, to, to attack. They could be a bit more adventurous because Moreno's got that pace. They could stretch the game yeah. on, on that side. And the way that Emery likes to play, the right-back tends to tuck in and it's the left-back that's providing the width down down that side, which is pivotal, especially when you're kind of playing central midfielders as, as wide players, which works perfectly because Unai Emery's a genius. But I think that, that left-back position it was, was very, very important. I think when he came into the team, that was when we started to get better. I think technically, he's a very good good player as well. Not only is he good going forward, I think he's quite solid defensively. He's got a little bit of pace about him. Villa were, I would say, not the quickest team in the Premier League. I think he's provided that that outlet down that side. And he's quite tidy on the ball with, with both feet as, as yeah. well. So that's the kind of player that we're going to be getting in under, under Unai Emery. You know, you look at what he's done in one window. He's improved everything, everyone else that was already there. But just that one player came in and made such a huge difference in a short space of time. I think we'll maybe pick up some other players of that ilk as well and Emery will work with them and they'll be the players that he wants and they'll play in the way. They'll just integrate into his system flawlessly because you've seen what he's done with the players that are there and how he's improved them. If he gets a pre-season with players as well, those players are going to improve and the players that he brings in are going to have a few weeks to, ad- to adapt as well. So... Everything he's done so far has, has been spot on. I, I literally don't have any criticism of him. And even those games that we lost, the three, the three yeah. in a row, and then we lost two in a row recently as well, I think he's that clever that if you lose a game, sometimes in a way that will stand us in good stead because he learns so much and he adapts and he'll change things. I just think he's such a, a, a clever manager. I've never seen anything like him for Villa. I find us tactically fascinating now, whereas previously I can't say I've ever found us that tactically fascinating. <laughs> Well, it's incredible what he's done. We're mm. just in the tactics, formation, and style of play. I mean, he's improved the players who are underperforming. Obviously, like Watkins, Tyre Mings, Jacob Ramsey, obviously, mm. and John McGinn. I mean, before Stephen Gerrard, those players weren't performing as well at all. Struggling, weren't they? Yeah, all yeah. Well, I'll go on to the next question now. I'll start with you, Frankie. Oh, yeah? What do you think was the worst moment 
of the season? Um, well, uh, God, that's a tough. Uh, do you know? I think. I think it. I think probably the lowest point was probably the three 0 away at Fulham. Uh, it became yeah. a toxic atmosphere, and things hadn't really been toxic at Aston Villa in quite a long time. I mean. Me and Dan have both experienced toxic atmospheres at Villa Park quite a few times yeah. in the years we've supported them. Um, but, you know, to be honest, since the Dean Smith era, I guess, mm-hmm. things had been all right for a few years. Um, but it just felt like people had been alienated a bit by Gerard. Yeah. I think. Um, it just it wasn't working. And I think at Fulham, that, that toxicity mm-hmm. really was felt. Um, but I think, I mean, for me, the lowest point, weirdly... Um, yeah, could also be the Bournemouth away that two nil. Um, it was it was just such a shock. I remember being so shocked at what I was witnessing and just thinking, yeah, Villa looked like a team who don't know how to play football. Like that, they don't they like they don't look coached, which is a complete contrast to how we are now. And again, yeah. testament to how good Unai, Unai Emery is. But that that two nil at Bournemouth, um, mm-hmm. and it's not like I'm not like you know getting at Bournemouth or anything or saying they were a bad team. But yeah. the fact of the matter was they were newly promoted. They were going through, a t- you know, I think Scott Parker had made a comment about them not making the right signings or something like that. It just felt like things weren't quite right at Bournemouth in that game. And you thought, now surely Villa, you know, established Premier League team, we can go there and uh, do something. And we just we didn't. I don't think we had a shot. Uh, it was um, yeah. and looked chaotic every time we tried to defend a set piece. Um, so I think that was um, for me actually, uh, aside yeah. from the Fulham game, probably the lowest point, mm-hmm. probably the biggest disappointment of the season. Well, you asked to be that Fulham guy, mm-hmm. that three 0 defeat to Fulham, been a team yeah. that completely dejected. Oh yeah. I think it was a game where Sawiris himself, I think, walked out after Douglas Sawiris got that red car that later got rescinded and um, the fans chanting. And I think just the expression on Gerard's face, the whole thing just was like, yeah. oh, dear, it can't get any worse than this, can it? Well, Dan, I'll go on to the next question now. What do you think was the best moment of our season, Dan? Probably. Has to be the last game. Yeah, but I think in the build in the build up to that, yes, for, for me the best, my favourite game of the season was Newcastle at home. Oh because yeah, I New, agree. Because Newcastle were going really well. I think they'd won five in a row before they came to Villa Park. They mm. they were pushing for the Champions League. They've been in the Champions League places for the the majority yeah. of the of the season. And we were just then I felt like people were starting to take notice of us a little bit. I think we just beat Chelsea. Perhaps, and uh, I felt like the pundits in the country was just starting to take notice of us that we were sort of yeah. sneaking into these these European positions, and we blew Newcastle away that day. And if you speak to Newcastle fans and you ask them who's the best team they played this season, yeah. they'll say Villa at, at Villa Park. We absolutely blew them away. That that start, that game. When Frankie talked about having game plans, that the game plan for that yeah. day was to just blow them away in the first fifteen minutes. And we did that. We got the early goal. We could have scored a couple more in that first half. And then in the second half, I just felt yeah. like we were always in control of the game. And we got a couple of more goals and kept to yet another clean sheet. Watkins was on fire at that point yeah. as well, scoring every week. So to me, obviously the Brighton game is brilliant because we qualify for Europe. Of course, yeah. But the Newcastle game was when I thought, okay, I think we're the mm-hmm. we're the real deal here. We've got a we've got a really good mm-hmm. chance of qualifying for Europe. So it would probably be that game for me. Yeah, because with the Newcastle game, no one expected that at all. 
I thought we might win, but I didn't think I didn't think three 0 Yeah, because obviously because Newcastle there, I mean obviously qualified for Champions League. Mm. It's a great result, isn't it? It's, it? That's our best result of the season, in, in, in my opinion. That was when we yeah. played a team that were on top of their game and we just blitzed them, blurred them away. That they, they, they couldn't live with us and the game plan was spot on and just I really enjoyed that game. It was a lunchtime kickoff, so we were there early. It was a four-villa park. I thought the atmosphere was even better than it was on Sunday in that Newcastle game. I thought the atmosphere in the whole same where I sit was, was absolutely frightening. So that, that probably goes down in my top five yeah. games ever. I would yeah, say I absolutely same. loved it. So, I'll ask you the next question, Frankie. Yeah. When do you start to believe that European football was possible? Um, so, I went to the Chelsea away game, and uh, yeah. Chelsea's not a place that we tend to get great results. Uh, you know, we've had a few very bad ones over the years. Um, thankfully, this time that was different, and um, we won 2 0. And uh, I know Chelsea had a bad season, um, and it kind of. But I think before the game, when I was in the concourse, I remember being like, "Yeah, the fans believe here." I think we all know something's something's on here, and it just felt like Chelsea were there for the taking, considering the form Villa had. And then going into that game, um, and you know, just being in the stand, the fans going, you know, crazy from the first second right to the very last. And, uh, you know, getting the goal for Watkins. And then I think mm-hmm. McGinn getting that goal is first in about 16 months, I think it was. It was such a release. And so for Villas to get a result with Stamford Bridge, and it was also the final, yeah. final nail in the coffin for, for Graham Potter, I think for, for Villas to get the result there, I started mm-hmm. to really think that we're a, we're a serious team. Um, yeah. It feels like we can take on anyone. But then as Dan says, you know, that Newcastle game, you know, I, I yeah. kept saying it before, I kept saying it was like the acid test. Because we've had a lot of good results, but a lot of the teams that we'd beaten weren't in the best of form. Yeah. So we're going up against Newcastle, best defence in, in the league, a team we barely lost all season. And as Dan says, you know, top five ever. I, I think it's maybe one of the best performances I've ever seen from an Aston Villa team. Because yeah. considering the, the, the form they were in, from the first minute, it could, that game could have been 6 0. Like, we absolutely yeah. just destroyed them. And I, I, I just came away from it and I was like, I'm immediately going to the nearest Spanish bar and having as many sangrias as I can to celebrate Unoy yeah. because I was just so elated with what I'd witnessed. Um, and I'd had a, a fair bit of um, words from a few Newcastle friends of mine as well <laughs> that week. So it was quite fun as well. But, uh, uh, it, I think that game, seeing that, it was like, as Dan says, the, the real deal. Uh, and yeah. I thought, I think we look like a team who could take on anyone now. And uh, Europe feels like a definite possibility. Um, so probably the Chelsea games where I started to believe it, the Newcastle game is where it ha- I had it nailed on. I was like, I think we could yeah. do this. Well, that Leicester result, that was crucial. That that result was as well. Mm. That Troyora, he scored a brilliant finish. Mm. That was a real highlight of the season, that goal. Very, very special moment. So, Dan, I'll ask you the next question. What was your favourite goal of the season? Wasn't the Troy one? I know Troy Ray won the, won the goal of the season. My favourite goal of the season was actually in a defeat. So, at home oh, yeah. to Arsenal, the Coutinho goal. Mm. Because that was, in a, in a nutshell, I think, that kind of goal, that's how Unai Emery wants to play football. It was the first time we'd yeah. maybe seen that kind of goal in, in his tenure so far. So it started with Martinez. I think Greg said it was like nine nine seconds later. 
the ball was yeah. in the the ball was in the back of the net. I just thought it was a really good move, a lovely dummy from Buendia and Coutinho hadn't scored all season. It was always it was a, a team goal. Yeah, it was a t- it was a team goal, so I liked that, and I just thought it was a really clever dummy from Buendia, and it was a real yeah. smart finish from Coutinho as well, going back across from from where the ball had come from, back across the goalkeeper. So I just thought that was a little snapshot into what Unai Emery wanted, and I think that was the first time we'd scored a goal from the playing out from the back and. It, where I see it, it can get it was get there was times where it would get quite yeah. edgy with the playing out from the back. But I think that was when everyone just started to see right. Okay, if we stick with this, this is what it, this is what we'll see. This is the kind of football we'll see. And Moreno yeah. was involved in that in that goal as well. I just thought it was a really lovely team goal, and that was probably my favourite goal of the season, but not in my favourite game. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but I enjoyed John McGinn against Chelsea. Mm. I mean, that was a special finish. That was. Yeah, lovely goal. He put a lot of power into it as well. Mm. Well, Frankie, I'll ask you the next question. Mm-hmm. After this season, do you think we should be excited for the future? Absolutely. To a degree that I have not felt um, maybe ever as a Villa fan. Um, yeah. I mean, the Martin O'Neill era was a bit of a golden era, I guess. And in the 90s, we had some you know, great times as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's just something about this manager and uh, that feels yeah. like he, you know, I, I think aura, maybe, but it, it does feel like he has a bit of an aura, doesn't it? It feels like he yeah. has a kind of a presence and an approach to football that is dedicated. He studies every single team and it feels like every time we play, we play anybody, he has a game plan. And so, yeah. you know, to... Um, and to see the one signing he's made, I mean, Yonder Ran came in, but that was, I think that was a club signing. I think, yeah, you know, Alex Moreno was his signing. And to see Moreno come in a bit unheralded, and as Dan said, in a position that it didn't necessarily look like that's where we needed to fix it up, but he came in yeah. and he's been an absolute revelation. So again, with transfers, I trust him totally. Um, with the team and the players we have, I trust him totally. But in Emery, he's got full control over transfers. Well, yeah. Yeah. That as well. yeah. So, um, so I think, yeah, for, to, to think where we're to think that not only have we got into the top half, which I think would have been a great stepping stone onto you know potentially going further, we've got back in the top half, we've got over 60 points, we've got yeah. into Europe. So, you know, hopefully that European football can attract some of the players who might ne- not necessarily have been as mm-hmm. attracted, uh, were we not to offer that. Um, but then, you know, um, just with an ownership as well that's clearly very ambitious. Um, and just a, a group of players who clearly are, yeah. you know, invested in this. Um, I just think we can look at any side and take them on. And um, I think it's, I genuinely think it's Unai Emery who's given me this sense yeah. of belief. And Villa have had plenty of full storms before. You know, I'm under no illusions that football can change very quickly course, and it yeah. can go in ways you don't expect. But um, I just feel like Emery's very, very dedicated to this project. Mm-hmm. And he's a man who's been there. He's won, you know, four Europa Leagues, won three in a row, which is an amazing achievement. Oh, incredible, Steve. Won it with Villarreal. So, you know, you look at teams like West Ham, who've made it to Conference League final, they made it to yeah. the semi-final of the Europa League. A team like Rangers made the Europa League final last year. Yeah. Why can't Aston Villa dare to dream and look at teams like that, look at the manager we have, look at the players we have, and dare to believe that we can get to somewhere like that? Of course. Well, I think you can already see the progression we've made under Unai Emery. What I like about him 
he's always looking to improve and he's very ambitious hmm. yeah you can that, and that um ambition comes out and it's even the way he connects with the the, the, the um the fans as well you know even social media yeah. posts he says where he's looking out of villa park and you know, speaking of his admiration and yeah, you know, people could say that's for show or whatever, but it's still, it still means something, you know, it really does feel like he has a connection. Yeah. But I, I don't think I felt so manager, obviously with Dean Smith, I felt that, but he was an actual, you know, he was a Villa yeah. fan growing up. So I'm not sure I felt that with a manager for a very, very long time. Well, Dan, I'll ask you the next question. What was your favourite chance of the chance. season? <laughs> We're not the best at chance, are we? Not, <laughs> yeah. No, not, not the best. We have the best chance in the in the Premier League. I, I don't think. Oh, probably just. It's not my favourite chance. Actually, I do like this. the 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 LA, LA, LA at the on on Sunday mm. near the end of the yeah. game. I think when McGinn was keeping the ball in the corner, I think that that, that chant was pretty loud on on Sunday. Probably probably that was one of my my favourite moments because everyone was singing it in the whole end. The, mm-hmm. the whole end was bouncing. There was this sense of anticipation waiting yeah. for the waiting for the whistle to go. But generally, I don't know why it is, we just don't seem to have... We don't be, we're don't. we not great. Yeah. A, a chance, I, I don't yeah, know why. There was, a, there was a new Matty... I went to Anfield and there was a new Matty Cash song do, doing the rounds in the pub beforehand. But I've got to be honest, I didn't know yeah. the words to it. So I didn't, did, 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 didn't join in. It was quite quite a complicated one. But yeah, we've got. that's one thing I'd like to see us be better at. I don't know how you yeah. go about being better at it. But I'd like to see yeah. us come up with some more more original songs, like the Coutinho song. is brilliant because mm-hmm. no one else sings it. No one yeah. else sings that song in in that tune. It's brilliant. The Coutinho song, whoever came up with yeah. that, and managed to distribute it and get it and get it around the fans. But yeah, we we could do with that guy maybe coming up with a, with, with a few more chants because I don't think I think we're very good at a lot of things at the moment as a as a club yeah. and as a fan base. Chance isn't one of the things I'd say we're stronger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but all like uh, the Super Uno Emery chants. Yeah, that's a good one. That, but yeah, but, Arsenal yeah, have been okay. singing out about Arteta all season. I feel like oh, it's yeah, a bit an easy take-off, yeah. isn't it? I'd like to see us come up with something unique. Something, something clever, yeah, and mm-hmm. unique. Yeah. Well, Frankie, I'll ask you the next question. Mm-hmm. Have you been impressed with our defensive shape and organisation this season? Oh, absolutely. Um, to play that high line is difficult. It is difficult because you know you, you are. It's quite high risk in a way um, because you are effectively, if you get it wrong, uh, the opposition team can yeah. break through and they got clean through on goal. And I think there's other teams who try to play who not, might not necessarily do yeah. it as well as Villa do. Um, but to see the way Villa have pulled it off, I mean, it just feels like in every single game there's yeah. like endless offsides uh, for the other team. Happened against Tottenham. Son Hyun Ming was just constantly caught offside. Yeah. Same thing happened again at Manchester United. I remember Rashford yeah. was always offside. Um, and we barely can see goals. We barely mm-hmm. can see. Um, so, I, you know, I've seen a few pundits say, you know, talking about this high line, saying mm-hmm. maybe Villa are risking it, maybe Villa are going to get a bit lucky. I don't think so at all. Yeah. I, th- I think Villa have done the coaches, Emery, mm-hmm. Eisteren, whoever else, have done a fantastic job at drilling this into these, yeah. this back line. And getting them to, you know, be mature and confident mm-hmm. enough to not just hold that high line, but also play it around at yeah. the back, be so confident. And as Dan says, you know, I, I've been to a few mm-hmm. games where when we started doing it, there were a few fans around me getting a bit yeah. tetchy and get rid of it and all that. But instead, it's mm-hmm. it's just the confidence to play the ball wherever they are. It doesn't, yeah. doesn't matter where they are. I've got two players on them. It doesn't matter what 
period yeah. of the game is if, if we're under pressure, um, yeah. you know, against, against Liverpool away, you know, Liverpool press high mm-hmm. against you. They're tough to get play against. But right at the start of that game, Villa were t- trying yeah. so much to play it around at the back and they were doing it. And a big part of that also is Douglas Luiz coming deep and taking the ball off them, which is part of what yeah. a great midfielder he is. But um, so Villa's not only be able to play it around at the back as well as they have, yeah. but also to play that high line. And, you know, I think back to the Tottenham game in the 90th, yeah. Fourth minute when Son got through, mm-hmm. scored that goal yeah. that ended up being offside, and the maturity and intelligence of Ezri Conte to just start, hold his line. You know, the, everything in your head yeah. is just screaming at you: run, chase him, go after him. And he said he, he held it, he stood, and Son ran ran beyond the line and went and you know scored. It was offside. So um, I think it's an amazing reflection of how um, committed these players are to to learning from memory. Um, and how talented talented they are to have um, you know played effectively played a difficult style and um, learnt it so rapidly. It's a it's a real testament to all of them, I think. Well, the defence has been magnificent. Yeah, a lot of teams who play against us, I think they find it hard to break us down, and we are keeping a lot more clean sheets as well. Hmm. Oh yeah, um, completely. And Alex Moreno as well. You know, he's a, the way he attacks from the from that left back position. It's um, it's just a sight to behold, really. Well, I really enjoy watching Unai Emery on the touchline, <laughs> seeing his passion as well. Oh yeah, it's 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 inspire inspires me. Makes me want to go down and run on the pitch myself and. Uh, go on and do you know whatever he asks, uh, and yeah. so uh, you know get. I think it gets the fans into it, and the players get as as into it as well. Mm-hmm. well it's really it's really refreshing to see. Hmm. You've got a good view of him, haven't you, Chad? Where where you sit, you the you the Trinity. Oh, so oh yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, just above the you, tunnel. Yeah, you get a good view of uh, of Ernie. I think the, there was one game I remember thinking. I think Ernie Emery did more movement in the last ten minutes than the than Villa, Villa, yeah. the Villa team because we were sat in and trying to defend. Ernie Emery, his numbers must have been through the roof for, the, for that <laughs> game because he, I can't remember which game it was, but he literally, I think it might have been the Spurs game actually. Yeah, he just never stopped, never stopped moving, ne- never <laughs> sat down. So I think if it, you know if you look at his stats after the game, I reckon he's put some miles yeah. in. Yeah, well, I always like a manager like that. It shows how much he cares for the football club. Mm. Shows what a good coaches as well because he changes things coach, in yeah. game. That's yes. the fascinating thing. That first game, Manchester United, mm-hmm. you could visibly see him coaching the players and changing little tweaks mm-hmm. through the games, depending on what on what was happening. And I'd never seen anything like that yeah. before at Villa Park. And that was game one as well. I think mm-hmm. that was what made it even more impressive. And he's just got got better. There, there was a few teething problems at, at, at one stage yeah. where we, we lost a few games, and you'd question whether it was going to going to work, perhaps. But you know, we stuck with it, and he, he stuck by his plan. He didn't change anything, and. He spoke from day one about trying to have control of football matches. Yeah. And I think initially that was the bit that we maybe struggled with. But after mm. that three-game run, I think we went to Goodison Park and won 2-0. And the 10 unbeaten yeah. felt like we were pretty much in control of every game, even in the games where maybe we didn't have as much possession as the other team. Yeah. Defensively, we were so astute and knew what we were doing. Just always felt like we were in control of the games in that 10-game run. Mm. Well, Frankie, I'll ask you the next question. Yeah. What did you think Stephen Gerrard... Couldn't get it right. Um, I, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I may have said a few uh, not nice things about Stephen. <laughs> um, I'll try and be uh, more polite yeah. on uh, as a guest. Um, 
Look, uh, I, I think um, I can't shake the idea that Stephen yeah. Gerrard's approach was somewhat that the coaches would do the coaching. Yeah. He'd be the Alex Ferguson who came in with his aura. Mm -hmm. I'm Stephen Gerrard. I'm captain, leader, whatever. Yeah. And the players will just react to that and the coaches mm -hmm. will have done the rest. Um, I just in my head feel like when Unai Emery during the week is at home, um, he's away in a room somewhere and he ain't gaming, yeah. he ain't playing Legend of Zelda, he's watching tapes of whoever it is Aston Villa are going to be playing next. Yeah. And I'm not sure Steven Gerrard has such a meticulous approach. That could be unfair, mm -hmm. maybe it does. But I, I just can't help but think that if Emery watches multiple games, he'll identify yeah. things that will help Aston Villa. And I'm not sure mm -hmm. Gerrard is experienced or yeah. maybe as capable as Unai Emery is in that sort of a approach. Um, yeah. And then on top of that, I think Gerard made a few mistakes with things he said. He said yeah. something like, I wouldn't be where I am without Michael Beale. So when Michael Beale leaves, well, uh, what does that mean? Yeah. Uh, and then on top of that, um, you know, just comments he said like about Tyron Mings and he's yeah. looking in the eye. Now, Tyron Mings is a huge character yes. part of Aston Villa. I think he's one of the best signings we've made. Oh, he's, a great he's a fantastic player, not just a fantastic player on the pitch, but he's a fantastic club representative yeah. off the pitch as well. You know, yeah. he's in every single way a real credit yeah. to Aston Villa. Now, Gerard has every right to pick who he wants and he has every yeah. right to say who he wants as captain. Yeah. But there was just, I think there's a way of doing it that he, he didn't have to be as, yeah. you know, uh, I'll take the captaincy off him, drop him to the bench, and he's to look me in the eye, and he ain't even going to be a vice captain. Mm -hmm. It made it awkward for McGinn. It made it awkward for uh, Mings. And then on top of that, just as I think Dan mentioned it earlier about the midfield, yeah. just sticking with that midfield three. And I went to Palace, and I remember mm. people cheered when John McGinn got taken off, right? Yeah, the yeah. problem was he was playing McGinn in a role that was Douglas Louise's. McGinn's mm. not that Douglas Louise player. He's a player... He's a bit, he needs a bit more, you know, as a second yeah. strike or right midfield. He can play centre mid as he did very well. I think it was against Spurs. But, you know, I just think uh, Douglas Louise is obviously better in that role. And so when Douglas Louise came on against Palace, suddenly Villa finally looked like they could play football. Um, yeah. So it was just, just sort of sticking to the same bad decisions, strange comments. What well, is? He was very tactically stubborn. Tactically no, stubborn. And no experience. Yes. Um, I think so. And it, it, look, it just looked like his in-game changes, you know, Emery changes things in the game at exactly the right time. Exactly. Well, you're always believing what he's doing. And Gerard just never, ever gave yep. off that, that kind of a vibe. It always felt like it was a bit performative. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've been a bit harsher on my podcast, but uh, I'll, I'll, I'll keep it polite. But, uh, but yeah, um, so I just, I felt like, um, it, it, I just don't think he quite was ready for the, for the Aston Villa job, to be honest. Well, I, was, I actually had a video call from Stephen Gerrard. Oh. I'm, sure he's, I'm yeah. sure he's a nice person. I'm sure, yeah. like, he's, I'm sure he's a good not, guy, not but he just not, no, wasn't no, a great manager not. for Villa. Well, wait, is that John McGinn shirt there? He actually got me that John McGinn shirt. Oh, fair play <laughs> to him. Yeah, it's yeah. a nice yeah. thing to do. He, well, he said to me, uh, he just wasn't his time. Simple as that. Right. Interesting. Mm. Exclusive. Did bring in Bubakar Kamara as well, so you got to get. Yeah, he was a big, he was a big part of that. He was a big part yeah. of that, and Bubakar Kamara is going to be. He's already been good for Villa, but he's going to be sensational. And he's yeah. probably. I mean, we got him for free. I'd say he's probably worth fifty million at least Terrible. at the moment. So so good, and if he yeah. can stay fit next season, he'll be a huge part of Villa going forward. 
Well, I'll move on to the next question now. I'll start with you, Dan. Have you been impressed with how quickly Jacob Ramsey has developed a young player? Yeah, I think he had um, he had some good moments last season. I thought he was quite productive last season. There was a spell where he was, was scoring a few goals and he was really involved in games. Counter-attack was linking it well with Coutinho. And, he, yeah. he, you know, he had a good season last season. But like the rest of the team, probably from March onwards, he, he started to tail off a little bit. And yeah. we were going to games and they were, they were a bit boring. There wasn't much happening. The midfield was a massive problem. For, for Villa, it was it was something that yeah. Gerard just he just wouldn't change it, but he needed changing, and he could he couldn't get a tune out of all those midfielders that are now playing really yeah. really well and under Unai Emery. And again, I think Unai Emery coming in and being so specific with what he wants from you wherever you're playing on the yeah. pitch. Ramsey's numbers, I think he's got twelve or thirteen goal contributions this season. I think eleven of them have come under under uh, Unai Emery. So at the back yeah. end of the season as well, he scored some important goals and got some important assists. Got two. At two assists at the weekend against Brian. He's just become a really big part of how we play yeah. when, when we manage to open up teams and we get that space to run into. That's where Jacob Ramsey really comes into his own, like he did for the second goal against yeah. Brighton at the at the weekend. And he's just a, a lovely footballer. He'll go on and he'll he'll play for England. I think he's um obviously he's a Villa lad as well. Totally we agree. always like it. We always like it when there's a, a local boy who's come through the academy in, in the team. And he's got Levels to go, I think, still, Jacob Ramsey. I still think there's yeah. room for improvement for him. But towards the end of the season, I think he found some consistency and was really starting to to impact games. But I think every one of those midfielders that were struggling under Steven Gerrard, I thought each one of them was excellent under Unai Emery and Ramsey yeah. was one of them. Because look, with Ramsey, he's flourished under Emery. You can see his confidence as well. Yeah, but confidence getting, is a massive thing in football as well. Assists. Adding goals to his game as well. Yeah, lovely. Hmm. Well, Frankie, I'll ask you the next question. Did you expect Watkins to be scoring goals so consistently, consistently during the season? Something I've said about Watkins before is that, you know, after that first season, I think he scored maybe 14 goals in his first season at Villa. And I thought from that, he could bounce on and aim for 20. Yeah. Then we signed Danny Ings and it became a bit right, you know, it was it was yeah. I like Ings uh, a lot. I think he's a very talented player and a really good guy, but it just I think it sent a weird message to Watkins and it was it was kind of like do they work together? Does it mean Watkins goes out to yeah. the left of a three? I, I don't know. So it kind of felt like Watkins hadn't lost his way but wasn't performing to the level that he could do. Uh it, Largely because yeah. I think Villa's approach to him had been quite odd. Mm-hmm. As soon as kind of Emery came in, it felt like Emery said to him, you are my man. Yeah. And uh, has obviously coached him not to, maybe not to run around as much, maybe to pick his yeah. moments when to run. Um, so I always believed Watkins could be a player who can get to 20 goals a yeah. season. And I, I think maybe even next season he should aim for that. Um, and I did believe this season he'd, he'd get, do well, but... When Emery came in, I think he'd only scored a couple of goals. Mm. So I, I I didn't think I'd end up seeing him scoring as many yeah. in a row as he did. I sort of forget now. Was it eight eight in a row? Or yes, seven, yeah. Eight, was it eight, eight, was it eight in the end? Or something, it was something like that. I, know it scored it, eight yeah. ten. I think he scored eight, eight in ten. ten. Yeah, That was it. So eight in ten. Um, it, and it just felt like not only did his goal scoring improve massively, but also just... 
everything kind of like his all-round game, like he became so much more confident, you know, with the ball into his feet. Because there have been times in the past where there'd be games where maybe it bounced off him a bit. But he, uh, his, his hold at play, his link-up play, um, everything about his all-round game has improved massively. And I think he's extremely yeah. unlucky not to have been called up for England. Uh, personally, I think he'd be a great attribute. Well, well with the Villa side, he was getting real good service. Yeah. And he start the style of play suits him. Yeah. That's it's Comple- every touch, Raj. Completely. And it's brought out the best in him. And I, I didn't expect him to score as many as he did in such a short space of time. Um, I, I can't remember a striker in a long time for Villa who's been getting numbers like that. Um, but it's yeah. been, a, again, a fantastic thing to watch this season. In a, in, in a season where a lot of players have ended up surprising you with just how good they've been. Well, Dan, I'll ask you the next question. Uh, has this season proven how important Mings and Concer, their defensive partnership, been for the team? Yeah, both been been really, really good. Concer probably doesn't get the prize that he's deserved over the second half of the season because I think Mings is a bit more all-actioned than the things he does. You probably can see them a little bit more on the football pitch. But they were a good partnership in that, that COVID season. I thought that we, we had some good defensive displays that season. Yeah. We kept a, lot, kept a lot of clean sheets. I think they've got back to, to that level. But I think both of them as well deserve huge credit for how they've adapted to the, the playing out from the back. I think they've both shown that they're hugely adept footballers. The way they play the ball out from the back and at times it was them two that were, that were breaking the lines with, with passes which I think was really encouraging to see I think you know, Diego Carlos was brought in to, to compete with them obviously yeah. he ended up being injured for, for the whole season and then it was quite clear that Chambers was, was back up so they both had to play a lot of games as well so their durability this season has yeah. been important because Carlos has missed a, a huge chunk of the season now I think Emery will bring in another centre half in, in the summer I think there'll be another centre half that comes in and there'll be four people competing for two spots. But also think potentially Ashley Young's moved on. Would we'll, we'll yeah. definitely buy a right back? I don't know. You might see some games in Europe in particular where Concer ends up playing as a, as a right back. That's something that Emery's yeah. done quite a lot in his managerial career. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. But I imagine they'll both start the season in, in the shirt because neither of them have done anything wrong and they deserve the chance to, to start that season. I was getting a bit worried about, about Concer and his, and his form under Gerrard. I thought he'd really, really lost his way. And I thought I remember watching that Palace game and thinking he needs taken out for his own good here because he's, yeah. he's really, really suffering. He's not performing. But after that, he, I think he reset and him and Mings have been good for the majority of the season, I would say, but they've taken it to a new level under Unai Emmerich because the amount of clean sheets we've kept is, is huge and yeah. a lot of that is down to them and their partnership. Well, I'd just like to uh, wish Ashley Young best wishes and good luck for the future. Mm-hmm. He's been a great servant for this football club and his dedication to the game is outstanding. I think he'll definitely going down as an Aston Villa legend. Totally. I agree. He's been brilliant. I was quite surprised to see him leave, but you have to trust the process and trust what Unai Emery wants. I think he's earned that, but Ashley Young couldn't have done any more this season for for Villa. I think he was a real surprise this season against someone who I think was playing well under Steven Gerrard as well. He was probably one of our better players under Gerrard. I remember him Mm -hmm. coming on in that Man City game and going toe-to-toe with De Bruyne and coming out on, on top. I think Ashley Young had a really, really strong season and had to play a lot of games because of people being injured as well. So I think he deserves huge credit. Would have been a massive part 
in the dressing room as well. Someone that will be missed, but as much as I'd have liked him to stay, you, you simply have to you have to back the manager. But I, I think you're right. I think he goes down as a, a club legend now. I think that's six and a half years he'll have given Villa all in, and yeah. you know some four and a half years as a as an excellent winger, one of the best wide players we, we've had in the Premier League era. And had a pretty good fullback as well, which I didn't think I'd ever be saying yeah. when I was watching him tear it up down that down that left flank as a as a, as a wide player. So fair play to him. Obviously, a really really clever footballer as well to have adapted his game and being able to play that role. And yeah, mm-hmm. shame he didn't get a new contract because he, like I say, I don't think he could have actually done any more. Yeah. But you have mm. to trust the process. Well, oh, and Mertas for the young at the Balfrey two years ago. He's a great bloke as well. Mm. Yeah. I don't think I've ever met. Actually. I mean, one of the ones mm. I've never met. Actually. I don't think I've ever met him. But yeah, everyone mm. says he's a he's a, he's a he's a lovely guy, and you know, I'm sure he'll carry on playing. I'm sure I'm sure he could probably still play yeah. in the Premier League. Someone would surprise me to see him at one of the the newly promoted sides. To, to be honest, I think he's still got a lot to give football. And in the bleep test and stuff at the start of the season, I believe he was in the in the top yeah. three. So at, <laughs> at 37, there's not many. I think he's older than me, Ashley Young. There's not many players yeah. that have been older than me. So I'm sorry to see him go from that point of view. To be honest, as well, it was nice, <laughs> yeah. to, it was nice to have a player that was older than me in in, in the team, but that's no longer the case. <laughs> well, I'm going to read my Premier League predictions. Well, in the, my next season prediction, it sounds a bit overly ambitious, but I'll tell you all. Okay. So I'm going to go Premier League finish, fifth in the league. We'll just miss out on top four, I think. Conference League, I'm going to go quarter final. I think League Cup, we'll miss, we won't get through to the quarter final. But because Unai Emery is the Cup specialist, I'm going to go, he's going to win the FA Cup for us. I'd take it. I'd certainly take it. I'd Absolutely take all those so. things you've just said. FA Cup and fifth, I'd probably be, I'd probably take that if I was offered it now. But I just I just yeah. think we I've got this feeling we're gonna win the conference league. Mm. Just got this feeling. So I've made that that huge effort and that huge push to have to quali- to to get there yeah. and qualify for it, knowing what Emery's done in Europe and you know, like Frankie said earlier, some of the teams that have, have gone far in the European competitions in recent years, I just think why not us with this manager? We've got yeah. every chance and Home games as well. I'd back us to beat absolutely everyone yeah, at the moment. So I've just got this feeling that next season, this time next year, we might be doing this, Chad, and we might be talking about Villa winning yeah. a, a European trophy. Yeah. Or Champions League. That's to come. That's to come. One day. <laughs> yeah. One day. <laughs> well, I'll go on to, to the last question now. I'll ask both of you this question. If you could use a word to describe Unai Emery, Sort of in one word, what would it be? Professor. Professor. Mm. Professor Uno. I'll go with transformative because he's absolutely transformed this team. And That's a good word. It's not even, I don't think he's done yet either. I think you give him a summer. I think you'll see a further transformation and I just, with exciting times. There's definitely exciting times ahead for us as, as Villa fans. I'll guarantee that. Yeah. But I'm going to go with genius. Well, all right, guys, we're going to bring this episode to a close. Thank you, everyone, for watching. If you have enjoyed this video, please give it a thumbs up and let, let me know with a comment your thoughts. Thanks to Dan and Frankie for your time. 
please subscribe to the channel and keep your notifications on. The last thing I'm going to say is up the villa. Up the villa. Up the mighty villa. <laughs>